and welcome to Making Connections News. I'm your host, Mimi Pickering. On this show, we'll hear about much-needed legislation just introduced in Congress that could go a long way towards cleaning up mine-damaged lands and water and provide jobs and new business ventures in the process. We begin with a press conference on March 10th where Representative Matt Cartwright, a Democrat from a former coal mining district in Pennsylvania, introduced the Reclaim Act and legislation to reauthorize the Abandoned Mine Lands Fund. These bills have bipartisan support, could create 13,000 jobs immediately, and help ensure coal country is a part of the economic recovery. Following the press conference, members of the Reclaim Working Group described the dire need for this legislation and the impact it could have in the Appalachian coal fields, including stories of reclamation projects that are already putting people to work and creating new businesses. We begin with the press conference. Representative Cartwright is joined by co-sponsor Republican Congressman Glenn Thompson by Bobby Hughes, who is Executive Director of the Eastern Pennsylvania Coalition for Abandoned Mine Reclamation, and Jason Walsh from the Blue-Green Alliance. Thank you all for joining us today. Uh, Particular thanks to my friend, Congressman Glenn Thompson, uh, my great friend, Bobby Hughes, Jason Walsh, and all the dedicated advocates and supporters here with us on Zoom and also watching on Facebook Live. We're here today because Appalachian states like Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Kentucky, we're on a deadline. Uh, We have 204 days now to renew the abandoned mine land trust fund before it expires. That's 204 days to make sure we can continue critical work in our states to clean up the pollution and hazards caused by abandoned coal mines and turn them into opportunities for economic development and job creation. Uh, at a time when our economy really needs a shot in the arm. Now, since its creation in 1977, this federal funding program has done a lot of good. Here in Northeastern Pennsylvania, think of the Arena Hub Plaza, the distribution centers in Hazleton, and the site of the new high school in Wilkesbury. Uh, these are all former abandoned mine land sites that are now or are soon to be places that will drive growth and economic activity. Across the United States over the past 30 plus years, this program has has eliminated over 46,000 open mine portals, reclaimed over 1,000 miles of dangerous high walls, restored water supplies to countless residents of coal field communities, and created jobs and opportunities for economic development on land that was previously unusable. We have our success stories, but our work is far from over. In the 8th Congressional District of Northeastern Pennsylvania alone, we have over 300 abandoned mine land sites that still need to be reclaimed. Uh, Now, Bobby Hughes, who has been on the front line of this work in Northeastern Pennsylvania for years, can tell you more about that. But in total, uh, the remaining reclamation work here in the Appalachian region and out West is estimated to cost over $10 billion. If we allow this AML trust fund to expire at the end of this fiscal year, this urgent work will never be finished and American taxpayers will be left to pick up the pieces and pay the price. That's why today I am reintroducing bills to reauthorize this fund for another 15 years and accelerate its investments to reclaim abandoned mines across the United States. This will help not only to restore blighted lands and clean up waterways poisoned by acid mine drainage, but it will also fuel the creation of good paying jobs and pave the way for new economic opportunities. And joining me in this effort in Congress is Congressman Glenn Thompson, representing Pennsylvania's 15th Congressional District, and as the lead Republican sponsor of the Abandoned Mine Land Reauthorization Act and a co-lead of the Reclaim Act, he has been an indispensable partner in this effort with me. I'd also like to recognize Representative Hal Rogers of Kentucky, the lead Republican sponsor of the Reclaim Act. 
These are bills supported by both Republican and Democratic members because we all agree that protecting our clean water and creating jobs is the right thing to do for the people that we represent in Appalachia. And with the help of excellent advocates like Bobby Hughes, Jason Walsh, and everybody else who has offered their support as we prepare to renew the effort in this critical year, I am confident we can get this across the finish line. Now I'd, turn it, I'd like to turn it over to GT, Congressman Glenn Thompson, to say a few words. You think after a year of uh, virtual presentations, uh, we'd have this technology down and be able to do it in a timely manner. Uh, uh, Matt, thank you so much. You had it right there when you said GT as well. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to, to continue to work with you on this. You know, in a time that we see uh, maybe a fair, some divisiveness in Washington uh, over the years, uh, this is not a, a Republican issue. This is not a Democrat issue. This is an American issue. And, um, and I'll go into that just a little bit in my remarks. This is, this is something I've always been very passionate about. Uh, certainly important to my congressional district uh, and has been for the 13 years I've been serving. So that's why I've been proud to be a, a part of this effort. Um, I, I wish we were able to accomplish this before we're coming down to the wire here, as, as uh, Congressman Cartwright talked about, but we need to get this done. Uh, let me put that right up front. Uh, our goal and, and failure is not an option here, is to get this abandoned mine land trust fund reauthorized uh, before the expiration date. Um, my congressional district has uh, the most uh, abandoned mine land uh, sites uh, in the country. And, uh, and quite frankly, uh, at one point, I'm not sure where it is today, it was considered to have more than, than uh, the other Congress, 434 congressional districts added together. Um, and that's a lot of scars. That's a lot of scars in, on land, a lot of scars in water. It's, uh, it's, it's missing, uh, well, first of all, it, it creates hardships on families, businesses, but it creates uh, economic challenges and difficulties in lands that otherwise are wonderful, and quite frankly, lands that were prosperous, certainly at one time economically. And so that's, that. I think that's the importance of it. I think it is important to note, because uh, we're not here to, we're just, we're here to heal. Uh, we're here to heal both water and land. Uh, this is not finger pointing, quite frankly, that, you know, in most cases, it was the government that, that you know, because of what this coal was used for in terms of uh, providing us uh, the arsenal of democracy to win two world wars. It was the government that directed not to close up these mine sites because they didn't know how long these wars would go on. They didn't know if there'd be a World War III. Um, and so the prudent thing was to make sure that we would continue to have access to just a vital resource uh, that, that coal uh, is uh, uh, today, quite frankly, and what coal was uh, during those, those times. Um, it is quite a legacy. Um, uh, we have, uh, uh, you know, the you know the legacy of uh, providing the the coal to fuel the industrial revolution to really bring us into a modern era. It changed this nation, uh, as we uh, we know the industrial revolution did that, and the use of coal was a big factor in that, um, and, and 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 I think it changed it for the good, actually. Raising the level of income and opportunity, and uh, allowing us uh, then to defend ourselves, manufacturing that arsenal of democracy. Um, and I don't think that's anything that we should ever apologize for. I'm very proud of the, of the role that uh, the area that I served, the people that served there. My my grandfather was a was a strip miner. I guess today his title would be surface miner, uh, and uh, you know, and, and we're proud of that. And we also should be proud of the progress that we've made, as as Congressman Cartwright noted. You know the the healing that has occurred of uh, healing of of land, healing of waters. We've made uh, uh, tremendous progress in areas. Uh, we, we've seen uh, life return to streams, and those streams begin to prosper with uh, species of fish, including our number one fish for tourism, which is trout. Uh, in Pennsylvania, the, uh, the economic, the res restoration of economic opportunity. We have seen communities that have, for the first time in many generations, been able to drink the water 
that, that comes into their home through these remediation projects. It's very exciting. Um, so with the progress, but need remains. Uh, the scars, many scars are still there. Progress needs to continue. Um, and the beauty of, of what we do here for uh, with this funding through the Abandoned Mine Land Trust Fund, it gets leveraged. It gets leveraged with nonprofits, non-government organizations, with, with the, the commercial, uh, uh, the private sector. Um, and so for every dollar that we invest that stretches and multiplies significantly, the, the support and the work of our water, watershed associations, Trout Unlimited, uh, I'm probably gonna leave someone out, but there are great groups out there that step to the table here. And so there's much needs to be done. So the action that we need here, and the reason we uh, appreciate you all um, joining us uh, virtually for this press conference is, is just to reinforce our uh, commitment uh, to see the reauthorization of the abandoned mine land trust fund. These are dollars that, that don't come from the taxpayer coffers. These are, these are dollars that, that have been contributed since 1977, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a a specific fee based on, um, you know, based on every um, every ton of coal that's been mined since 1977. Yeah, and we're we're going to probably get into some disagreements in in this uh, with maybe some western states. But I want to remind my friends from the western states, uh, the sites that were that we still need uh, to aggressively work at cleaning up the coal that was mined from them benefited those states. The Industrial Revolution benefited all every state uh, in the United States of America, uh, whether through economic development, uh, whether it was making sure that we defended ourselves successfully winning two world wars. And so um, I want to encourage my friends in the western part of the country, and I respect their what they do for energy there as well and their coal legacy, uh, that um, our coal, these, these abandoned mine sites, we're good for every American, every American family. So uh, um, uh, my appreciation to uh, Congressman Cartwright, uh, uh, really pleased to join him as we address this issue that quite frankly is, is so important to our congressional districts, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and quite frankly, America as a whole. I'd like to turn to Bobby Hughes now. Thank you very much, Congressman. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to be on the, the call here this morning and uh, appreciate the, the work and in a bipartisan fashion that's been put forward by Congressman Cartwright and, and Congressman Thompson and others across the country to really address this issue. You know, what we're seeing is this as an, another opportunity. We have another chance here for a 15 year window to really look at some sites, but leverage them in a way like the Congressman said that it, we can bring in other dollars and look at these sites in, in a new way where we don't just look at the land uh, in, in a way that maybe in the seventies, you might've just reforested that landscape and, and put it into rolling hillsides. But today with the need for economic development and job opportunities, there is a better and higher use of those lands. And we have to work with these private property owners, sometimes coal operators, sometimes economic developers to kind of what is, what will that use be? And what, how does it fit in the community? Uh, and, and what can we do with it? And so we've been getting lots of calls from developers recently that are in the, in the solar market and renewable energy and uh, geothermal uh, uh, energy to reuse mine, wool, mine pool water and the mine drainage that we have to recover the metals for uh, resource recovery and uh, uh, rare earth elements. So there is a lot of opportunities I think coming down the pike here that we can take advantage of over the next 15 years to, to bring some new jobs to our region and across the country that are in the type of jobs that, uh, you know, as we're transitioning or as coal uh, is declining in some, some areas um, and we're gonna be looking for job opportunities and here in Northeastern Pennsylvania, for the most part that has happened. And so we're, we've already transitioned and we're looking at these new economies in the region. And for people that are running heavy machinery or dump truck uh, operators or excavators or bulldozers, or when we put up a, a, a sort of a warehouse distribution center as a major East Coast distribution area, they bring a lot of other jobs and they bring uh, what we need to the region uh, in an economy that's kind of 
coming out of this area uh, to, to grow and, and a need to grow. So uh, we support the, uh, the, the Abandoned Mine Land Reclamation Trust Fund being reauthorized. Uh, we have got lots of partners across the, uh, the country and especially in Appalachia that are working hard to see that this is addressed so that we're not left behind and we can have progress and move forward. And so we, we wanna see that happen. And the Reclaim Act kind of gives us a boost here over the next few years to do that development and leveraging of private dollars. So when we work with other companies that could come in to reclaim these lands, and we're able to have some additional grant funding that nonprofits like ourselves can put on the table with a private developer, um, that could make uh, make the difference in um, having companies come and locate in the region and be able to utilize those lands in a way that's going to put them back on the tax rolls, that's going to create local job opportunities and trickle out throughout the market locally in our regional areas to uh, to help spur the economy. So we want to see that happen, and we're very uh, supportive of the efforts going forward. And, and hope to see this pass because we do have a lot of work left. Uh, the job's not done, we say, uh, and uh, we really want to see these sites be be taken full advantage of and become the areas where we, we can create these new jobs and create opportunities for the folks in our in our region. Thank you, Bobby. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, now I'd like to turn to Jason Walsh, Executive Director of the Blue Green Alliance. Good morning. Um, Thank you, uh, first of all, to Congressman Cartwright and Congressman uh, Thompson for their leadership and for having me on. I'm Jason Walsh, the executive director of the Blue Green Alliance. We are a coalition of labor unions and environmental organizations united to solve today's environmental challenges in ways that create and maintain quality jobs and build a clean, thriving and equitable economy. For generations, many communities across our nation have built their economies around coal not only for the employment of their citizens, but for the revenue that supports their schools, infrastructure, and small businesses. But as market demand continues to shift away from coal to cheaper and cleaner forms of energy, we need to make sure that no worker or community in coal country is left behind. These communities and workers are rightfully proud of their service powering our nation for generations. We as a nation in turn have an obligation to them there's no such thing as the silver bullet, but the bills being introduced today, the Reclaim Act and the reauthorization of the AML fee do represent silver buckshot. These bills will invest in the economic development and diversification of previously coal-reliant regions, create good jobs, and make our lands and waters cleaner. These are the kind of targeted policy responses that help minimize the pain for workers and communities that have been on the hurting end of changes in our, uh, in our energy economy and to create new opportunities for more resilient economic growth. In the case of the Reclaim Act, it links reclamation projects to community-driven economic development efforts to ensure that projects actually meet the needs of those communities. Prioritizing public input and community participation is key in determining which projects are chosen and how they're implemented. With community buy-in, these sites can help diversify the economies of communities and create new sources of wealth and jobs for the long term. We have real world examples of the types of projects that would be supported by the Reclaim Act and AML reauthorization. In Maryland, the reclamation of an abandoned coal mine that had been leaking pollution into the North Branch of the Potomac River for decades paved the way for 13 commercial angling and whitewater boating outfitters to operate on the river resulting in an estimated economic impact of nearly $3 million in the area. In Glen Rock, West Virginia, a surface coal mine was converted into a 158 turbine wind farm that produces enough electricity to power over 66,000 homes. And in Luzerne County, Pennsylvania, a business park was constructed on a reclaimed mine land, which is home to 39 companies that employ over 4,500 people. A just transition isn't something that will happen organically. We have to choose to invest in the economic diversification of communities and to modernize and strengthen the industries and regions at the heart of the American economy. And we have to choose to make the jobs in the clean economy good paying union jobs and ensure they're created where jobs are being lost. The Reclaim Act and the reauthorization of the AML a reclamation fee make that choice. They are a win for communities, a win for workers, and a win for the environment. BGA is proud to support both bills. Back to you, Matt. Congressman Thompson and I uh, just got informed that they're closing out a vote in uh, 
nine minutes. So we're going to head over and vote. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll keep you posted on the progress of both of these bills. Uh, absolutely critical that we get them over the goal line this year. Thanks so much, everybody. Absolutely agree, Matt. Thank you for your partnership on this. And uh, thank you for all those who are uh, watching and raising awareness of it uh, through your media sources. Uh, that it's really important. This is a team effort. And quite frankly, raising raising awareness among the all the citizens is an important part of this. So thank you so much. That was a press conference to announce Congressman Matt Cartwright's introduction of these bipartisan infrastructure bills. Next up, we hear from a March 16th webinar organized by the Reclaim Working Group about this legislation. Dana Kuline, Reclaim Campaign Coordinator, hosts the session. Welcome to the Abandoned Mineland webinar. It's being hosted by a number of organizations, and the overarching group is the Reclaim Working Group. We are a network of about 50 local, state, regional, and national organizations that represent um, nearly 20 states that are working in some capacity to reclaim abandoned mine lands in our communities, as well as to create jobs and invest in a more sustainable local economy. Some of the groups represented on the call tonight include Appalachian Voices, the Blue Green Alliance, Appalachian Citizens Law Center, Rural Action, and the Alliance for Appalachia, and many more. And thanks to all of our folks who are joining us um, on the webinar as well. Um, there's a lot of people that go into making this coalition work, and we're so grateful for all that you're doing. Um, the primary focus of our work together is to build a coordinated campaign on the Reclaim Act and the Abandoned Mine Land Reauthorization. So those are the two primary bills we're working on. And then we also always have our eye to the future and what's next for the region. We are so excited to share the legislative moment we're in right now. I'm really excited to have some great news to share about what we see as the opportunities in 2021 for us to work together and to make these bills happen. And then also to dream really big about what we want to see next for our communities. Um, so um, during this call, we're going to hear a little bit about um, the bills. We're going to hear about um, the federal legislation landscape. We're going to hear from some folks who are doing this work right now. And so, so you guys can get a firsthand picture of where this money would go and the type of opportunities that it would create. So why this matters? <laughs> um, I don't probably need to tell anybody this, but there's a pretty serious economic crisis happening. Um, the communities that have been impacted by the coal industry were very used to seeing economic turmoil before the COVID-19 crisis. And those um, issues have hit a fever pitch um, in these communities that have been hit by the dual forces of a pretty catastrophic loss of employment in the coal industry over the past decade. It's only accelerated in the past few years and the it, it added impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, states like West Virginia have lost over 10,000 jobs and it's, um, it's time that we work together and make a plan because it's, too many jobs have been lost, too many lives have been hurt, too many communities have been undercut and undermined. And so we are very excited to think about what we can build that's positive because the good news is that we have incredibly powerful communities that are rich with incredible resources and brilliant people who really wanna make a difference and build something positive. And so we see the abandoned mine lands bills, um, both the Reclaim Act and the reauthorization bills as opportunities to um, give communities that have the resources, that have the knowledge, the cash money to do these reclamation projects and to clean these lands up and um, both create economic uh, transition and also obviously uh, clean up some dangerous environmental hazards that exist as well. Um, it's not a simple job. It's not all captured in these bills, but we see these these bills and this work as a really important component in that. So yeah, with that, that is a little bit about our moment and I'm gonna pass it over to Rebecca Shelton with Appalachian Citizens Law Center. I'm the Director of Policy and Organizing at Appalachian Citizens Law Center in Whitesburg, Kentucky. Um, so we see mine land reclamation as a win-win for job creation and for making our communities safer places to live. 
So first I'll talk briefly about the scope of the problem. And then uh, as Dana mentioned, I'll go into the specifics on two particular bills that we've been working for, um, the Reclaim Act and reauthorization of the abandoned mine land fund. So millions of Americans live less than a mile from an unreclaimed coal site or abandoned mine land. Probably many of you on this call today fall within that category. Sites, these sites pose a threat to those living nearby as land can be unstable and subject to slide. Uh, they also contaminate our water resources and may ultimately inhibit economic development more broadly in our communities. So the Office of Surface Mining estimates that we need over $11 billion of funding to clean up the remaining abandoned mine sites across the country. But other analysts have estimated that the cost, true cost could actually be as high as 35 billion in liability because we haven't even discovered or categorized all of the sites in the country. So one just technical note before we go on is that in this context, the definition of abandoned mine lands or AML, as you've probably heard a lot, um, refers only to mine sites that were abandoned before 1977 when the Surface Mining Control and Reclamation Act or SMACRA went into effect. So after SMACRA was passed, mining companies were then required to provide financial assurance for future reclamation costs before being granted a permit to mine. This is referred to as bonding. So sites that were mined in the past 40 years or so fall under these bonding programs. However, SMACRA also created the Abandoned Mine Land or AML Fund. So revenues for the fund are generated from a small fee on coal production, so 28 cents per ton of surface coal or 12 cents per ton of underground coal. And those fees are then directly re redistributed back to states and tribes to clean up these historic mine sites each year. So the first bill, many of you are familiar, I'm sure, is the Reclaim Act. So the Reclaim Act would distribute $1 billion from the AML fund to 20 states and tribes over the next five years. Those states and tribes could then use that money to develop strategic mine reclamation projects that are linked to business or community development on the Reclaim site. So we, we really see Reclaims as a jobs bill, creating both immediate economic stimulus and impact through the jobs created to do the reclamation work, and also preparing sites for long-term economic development opportunities. To give an example of how big of an impact this program would have, this year the state of Kentucky received just over $9 million to clean up AML sites, plus an additional $10 million from the AML pilot program. The Reclaim Act would more than double that amount of funding for my state each year. One thing, again, that makes Reclaim different from the already existing abandoned mine land programs is the piece that says that a reclamation project must demonstrate an economic and community development nexus. Meaning that before any reclamation dollars are spent, there has to be a plan in place for the site's end use. So the Reclaim Act empowers states and Native American tribes to work with local stakeholders and community members to identify and fund those end use projects and prioritize reclamation on sites that have the potential for economic and community use. However, the Reclaim Act also is good for our environment, cleans up the toxic pollution on lands and waterways, stabilizes lands, and even can reduce and abate methane emissions. And I just want to, um, reiterate that the Reclaim Act relies on funds that are already existing in the AML fund. There currently is around two, a little over $2 billion sitting in the AML fund that is not being used or distributed out to states and tribes. So the Reclaim Act would take $1 billion of that money and distribute it out. It does not require any extra funding to come in from taxpayers or the coal industry. Um, I think that one way to think about the role of reclaiming abandoned mine lands as an economic driver is that it's we can create jobs right now through more investment in reclaiming up these sites because we've got you know we have the equipment in the region we have workers with with the skills to use the equipment and we can really get to work relatively right away um, and putting folks to work and and cleaning up these sites but and that can happen now while we're making investments in you know, other kinds of investments in economic development that are gonna take longer to mature and sort of fully develop. Um, takes, takes a while to build up a business or to um, get some of these other projects off the ground. So we see these kind of working, 
working in conjunction with other investments. This is um, a short, a shorter term look at some creating some immediate impact, but that ultimately uh, prepares the regions uh, for a longer term, um, you know, longer term perspective in making these places um, locations that that businesses can be created and and folks um, stay and and create sustainable business over time. Um, you know, it's one piece of the puzzle, but it's a necessary piece. The second bill is I want to highlight is one to reauthorize the abandoned mine land fund. If Congress doesn't take action, the abandoned mine land fund created under SMACRA and the small fee on coal that contributes revenues to the fund will expire in September of this year. This is catastrophic for many reasons because there's no other source of funding for cleaning up AML sites. And we know we need at least 11 billion, 11 billion more dollars to address existing liability. If we don't get funding to clean up these sites, communities and property owners are gonna be left to pay the bill in the long-term or suffer the consequences from underclaimed sites in our communities. So the, the bill reauthorizes the fund for 15 more years, which will likely bring in between one to 2 million billion more dollars for AML cleanup. It's a huge and important contribution, but we know it's still not enough to address the full scope of the problem in the long run. So with that, I'm actually gonna turn it over to Katie Harris from the Blue Green Alliance to talk both about the status of the Reclaim Act and reauthorization of the Abandoned Mine Land Fund, as well as a couple other bills related to mine land reclamation currently moving in Congress. Thanks, Rebecca. And Thanks everybody for joining us this evening. As Rebecca said, I'm Katie Harris. I'm the Deputy Legislative Director at the Blue Green Alliance. And I'm based in DC, but, but we work all over the country. Um, so what's happening with Reclaim and with AML? Both have been introduced. They were introduced in the House last week by Representative Cartwright, and we are expecting that there will be bills in the Senate soon, um, probably from Senator Manchin. This week, actually on Thursday, both of those bills will be getting a hearing in House Natural Resources Committee over on the House of Representatives side. So that's a big step for them that will bring a lot of attention to those bills and just says, hey, we're moving them forward in the process. Um, so a couple of, of really big, big deals uh, happening this week. Then looking ahead, uh, you might have seen some things in the news about a, an infrastructure package or a Build Back Better package, and that is definitely going to happen in Congress, or at least they tell us it's going to happen. Infrastructure Week has, has become a little bit of a joke back here because um, it's always supposedly happening. But in any case, what we're hearing timeline-wise is that sometime this spring, the House and the Senate will get together and they will start working on a larger infrastructure package. Um, last year, we were able to work to get both the Reclaim Act and AML reauthorization in the House's version of an infrastructure package. And so this year, we're really hoping to underscore the urgency. And, and this is where you all can help us as well, um, get those bills into the second big infrastructure package. And we're expecting them to work on that over the summer and then hopefully pass it in the fall. Um, anything that can happen in the Senate at the same time is great. Like I said, we're, we're expecting that Senator Manchin will be introducing bills um, and we'd love to push those forward as well while we're encouraging the House to continue moving their bills forward and, and put them in that large infrastructure package. And then just to talk about uh, the two other bills that that Rebecca mentioned, one that's coming this week, we believe, Senator Booker's bill. It's called the Environmental Justice Legacy Pollution Cleanup Act. Hope I'm getting that exactly right. And the big thing to, to flag about that bill is that it would put $10 billion directly towards AML cleanup. Um, there's you know, a lot of excitement around that. That bill has a bunch of other things in it, things like lead service lines and, and some money for Superfund and stuff, but that's something that would go beyond just uh, the funding that the Reclaim Act and, and AML reauthorization would provide. So that's very exciting. And then the other bill to, to talk about here briefly is a bill from Senator Casey, and it would 
essentially create a new civilian conservation corps, um, which also has tremendous potential to help clean up abandoned mine lands, um, do you know work like water monitoring, community outreach, tree planting, anything you name it, um, that that would help as well. So that I believe was introduced a couple weeks ago and is another avenue you know beyond just reclaim and AML reauthorization um, that that helps us clean clean the stuff up and and really drive towards economic recovery. My name is Marissa Lotzenheiser. I work with Rural Action. We are a sustainable development organization uh, working throughout Appalachian, Ohio, as well as neighboring communities. There's a lot of stuff that is uh, happening in Ohio right now, but from an economic perspective, specifically focusing on the industrial, on the coal mining economy, Things are pretty dire right now. In 2016, we had 19 active mines and almost 1,500 miners. As of 2019, we only have 15 active mines and we are down to less than 1,000 miners in the state of Ohio. For me, a, a really telling statistic is the one of the biggest drops between 2016 and 2019 is we lost the last of the unionized mines in Ohio. So in 20, as of 2019 and as of today, there is not a single unionized UMWA active miner in Ohio. Our total coal production dropped 13.5% and that trend shows no signs of reversal. So we are seeing our, our energy industry shift to really totally focus on uh, natural gas production uh, and, and away from coal. Where that leaves us is a impacted Appalachian region overall. People don't always consider Ohio as, as Appalachian, but we, we have the geology and we certainly have the economy that makes us part of the region. No one would think of abandoned mine lands as infrastructure, but we definitely need infrastructure to address the challenges that abandoned mine lands pose to economic development. AML is, is an epidemic throughout Appalachian, Ohio. We have almost half a million acres of surface mined land. We have over 600,000 acres of underground mine voids. This results in over 1 million total acres of abandoned mine lands that are impacted by public health and safety and environmental issues in Ohio. And as with uh, the, the land effects of abandoned mine lands, the water effects are, are equally detrimental. There's over 1,300 miles of streams that are polluted with acid mine drainage. Ohio has received abandoned mine land economic development pilot funding. Uh, the shorthand is AML pilot for the last four years. This is a federal grant that has been provided to the state of Ohio to support projects that have two, uh, two emphasis. One is cleaning up abandoned mines, doing the reclamation work that we know needs to happen, while also prioritizing those sites that can lead to the best economic development. We uh, are really excited about the pilot funding, and it's a pilot for Reclaim. It's really supposed to try out the waters to see if this type of work can be successful. Ohio is very lucky. We have a responsive and inclusive state agency. So this federal grant runs through the Department of Natural Resources. We work very closely, even though we are a nonprofit, we work with the Department of Natural Resources to help identify the best projects, lift them up, and then get them the funding that they need to be successful. I'm going to next talk about a few of the projects that we have been able to successfully complete with pilot funding. These are the types of projects that, that Reclaim would allow for. This is really the future that we see happening in Appalachian, Ohio. One of my favorite projects is uh, a dam repair at the wilds. Ohio is home to the largest wildlife conservation area in North America. We have over 10,000 acres that were was formerly a moonscape, completely surface mined and, and 
and void of trees or water features, they have reclaimed uh, the important parts and it is now home to a, a wildlife park affiliated with the Columbus Zoo. So they do rehabilitation, captive breeding programs of over 25 different species of animals. The wilds is a driving force of economic development in Appalachian, Ohio. There's over uh, 12,000 visitors just to this one site alone. And the economic impact is almost $15 million from the hundreds of people employed on the site to the thousands. Uh, the main tour road that to every visitor takes to visit the site is right on top of that dam. Pilot funding was used to stabilize that dam, to reconstruct the road, to ensure that visitors could continue to visit the wilds and that we could continue to recognize the economic benefit of having all of those visitors come to Appalachian, Ohio. A really exciting project that is uh, just getting on its feet. We, Real Action is supporting true pigments, turning pollution into paint. So all of the photos that you see of abandoned mine lands is usually accompanied by orange stained streams. I myself has, have lost numerous pairs of pants and boots that have just become too orange to even rescue anymore. After looking at that orange staining for enough decades, you start to think about what can we do with this that would actually be productive instead of just letting it kill the bio biology of our streams. Working with Ohio University and ODNR, we have figured out a process to separate the iron oxide, the thing that actually turns it orange, and create a sellable product. What you see is the person sifting out the iron from the water, and we are turning it into a pigment that can be added to bricks, outdoor uh, material, or even paint. Everyone on this webinar needs to decide to paint their house orange. And the Bailey's Trail System is an 88 plus mile mountain bike and hiking system. This is uh, partially on Wayne National Forest property, all of which has been affected by surface and underground mining. The pilot funding is stabilizing uh, mine openings that were right next to the trail. We can't have the largest mountain bike trail system in Eastern Ohio and have people less than 50 feet from a mine opening that they may fall into and get hurt. Pilot funding is stabilizing the mine openings, taking down dilapidated uh, mining buildings that were contributing to blight and drug activity in neighboring areas. And it's also helping build the, the trailheads in the communities that surround the Bailey's mountain bike system. This project alone has created or helped spurred the creation of 12 businesses. These are lodgings, these are restaurants, these are coffee shops, and these are guiding outfitters. All of those businesses are tied back to the creation of this 88 plus mile mountain bike and hiking system. I am really excited about how Pilot has helped support all three of these projects. And when Reclaim is passed, what other types of innovative reuse projects can, can come about for my region in Ohio, but for all of the Appalachian states. Thank you, Dana. Thank you so much. So next, we want to hear about another really exciting project um, that's going to want you all to travel from Ohio to Virginia. So David Lawson, I don't know if you could tell us a little bit about um, your, your um, family business at Mountain Rose Vineyards. Okay. Um, so I, I come from a family of, of coal miners. Um, but I'd be the first generation winemaker in our family for sure. Um, but coal has been such a big part of our community um, for over a hundred years. Where we're at, um, it's all was a surface mine a long time ago. The back of the farm has some um, AML sites on it, which we are actually uh, actively now trying to grow grapes on. But um, there's a lot of folks in our area that still don't know what to do after coal mines left and they're kind of, uh, their eyes are shut as far as ideals go, but um, I didn't let that stop me because even as a kid, I took off and knew I wanted to do some kind of farming. Um, we didn't have the land we had from our family farm had all been surface mined. So we were looking for something to do. 
but that surface mine land. And um, 24 years ago, I planted our first wine grapes, um, actually still in high school at the time. So, um, and several years after that, we opened up a winery in 2004. And I guess you can say we've somewhat successful because I'm still in business, um, even despite COVID and there's been a little bit of a setback there, but um, I'm thinking we're gonna come out of that really well. But I always, um, from the first time we've planted grapes, wanted to grow grapes and not really had the um, financial resources to really improve the land like we should, um, I had to turn to whatever I could do. And I will tell you, if you come here, I am a huge believer in cover crops. Um, I have grown everything possible under the sun to try to improve the, the, the mine land that it is. Um, I find that uh, and the best way is mother nature is the best way to fix what was um, things were left uh, in a improper way. Um, it does take a while, but um, you know, patience is something you have when you uh, grow grapes. So um, we've tried to make things productive. We are now in the stage where we actually uh, grow our own vines in our greenhouse and plant them in the uh, field to see how things are going to do so that we can improve over time um, the best varieties and the best wine we can make. We've won numerous local awards, um, local meaning like the state level and Eastern United States level. But um, I will have to say that hopefully in my life that we can have our own kind of judgment of Paris and show that uh, grapes grown on reclaimed mine land can compete with any wine in the world. But um, that will be a long time process and uh, maybe we're on step two of a hundred step process, but we're making that progress. And um, we'd just, I'd like to approve and continue to do more and uh, show how things can be done. I've had so many people come here and think that um, coal mine land is just impossible ever to grow anything on it. And I've got vineyard here for 24 years, so it's not impossible. So I just want people to believe that, you know, something can be done. It's not, you may think of it as a moonscape, but given the right effort, uh, something can possibly be done about it. That was a webinar hosted by the Reclaim Working Group, another local effort to revitalize coal communities using AML pilot project funds, was featured in a January 14th virtual meeting organized by the Reclaiming Appalachia Coalition. Here is Lou Wallace describing the efforts residents, businesses, and government partners in southwestern Virginia have undertaken to bring new economic life to Daint, Virginia. Um, it's a pleasure to be here today, and I feel very honored to be asked to share some of the work that um, I've been doing along with a bevy of friends, and I do mean friends, and I'm very appreciative to be able to share my story. Uh, about 20 years ago, I started uh, a nonprofit in uh, the town of St. Paul, Virginia, and um, became very active in community development. And so I gathered a lot of partners along the way and learned a lot. I'm not educated in this. I'm just, uh, uh, I'm self-educated, I guess. <clears throat> but anyway, um, I became a board of supervisor in my local county of Russell County, Virginia, and uh, I'm in my fifth year, so I'm in my second term again. And um, I have learned a lot that way. So I found out through my nonprofit years that uh, we do need partners and governmental partners are what we need. So I have uh, dedicated myself to a little coal camp in far Southwest Virginia called Daint, Virginia. And at one time it had 6,000 plus residents living there working there and shopping there. And Dank, Virginia is nothing like it was in its heyday. And I'm sure everyone can relate to this as we go along. So what I did was I partnered up with Virginia Tech. Um, they have the Community Design Assistance Center and they bring out architects and students who want to learn how to put communities back together. And that's something that we all need to be looking at is how to put a community back together because we don't want to do desert a rural country. And I figure if I can put a community back together in far Southwest Virginia in the mountains of the Appalachians, then you can take this model and plop it down anywhere in the United States and you can recreate your community. So here is where Dane is located. I'm in Russell County, which is the uh, rectangle county 
bordering Dickinson County, which is um, a big coal producer or was. So my little community is right on the border of Dickinson County and Russell County, which is my district. And one of the things you can see here is we went, uh, we went there and we created another nonprofit and we brought those folks together. We wanted them to feel like that they were a part and certainly you have to have community input and along with all your partners. This is um, the Community Design Assistance Center. They bring their students and they come and they listen to the community. They listen to the history. They learn from the community um, and they um, appreciate the culture and the heritage and they introduce that back into their drawings when they come back. So they really give it a lot of thinking. We did a, a quick and fast charrette. Um, we did, uh, there's the depot was still standing somewhat and um, there's work being done on that uh, to the tune of about $250,000 right now. We had an old school building that was falling down. There was nothing more we could do with it. So a Virginia Brownsville grant took that down, made a green space. We're working on a campground right now. Um, we have what's called a steam building. And in our coal camps of yesteryear, these buildings help to heat other buildings. They help to um, put the small Jeeps on the spur lines that went up to some of the small mining areas. But anyway, the steam building still stands today and that has got some designs and thinking of future visioning. Um, we're going to think about working on a virtual training center. I'm a part of a workforce development uh, board here in Southwest Virginia, so I have brought that to their attention. Also, when you talk about coal camps, um, you talk about small houses, medium-sized houses, and a little larger house for superintendents and that sort of thing. And these houses are in disrepair and um, they're absentee landowners. We have a lot of blight. I've reached out to the Virginia Department of Housing and um, they're interested in doing some uh, housing here. So we're looking at workforce housing. If we can bring people back to live in rural countries uh, or, or rural counties, then I think that we can um, enlarge our boundaries, so to speak, and how uh, people look at rural America. The pilot projects that we have had, and I, I can't say enough about this, um, I'm so thankful to Virginia DMME and the AML pilot projects, and of course my friends at Appalachian Voices and uh, the Nature Conservancy and a, a, a bevy of partners, but um, we're producing and trying to get um, hiking and biking trails on some of our mine lands, and um, this is, um, this is going to be great and, and we've also got some money that we're doing um, an ATV trail and in the town of St. Paul we have about 75 or 80 miles of ATV trail first in Virginia on abandoned mine lands and uh, is a novel idea and so now we're enlarging our boundaries for visitors. Um, we have found that economic development happens when a visitor comes to town and wants to spend money. So we are looking at a lot of uh, abandoned mine land features that we're working on, but we're also putting an economic development spin on this. And uh, it is absolutely happening for us. Um, our next, our part B, when I talked about the steam building, um, you know, we found out through COVID and I'm hoping we're almost on the other side of that, thankfully. But anyway, we found out um, that none of our mountain communities have access to broadband. And uh, this is crucial for economies of today. And so um, we have added that into our uh, pilot project for this coming 2021 and uh, partnering up with a local broadband company. And uh, I have reached out to my Virginia General Assembly friends and um, we are talking uh, a lot of money coming in to rule Virginia for these pilot projects because I want people to be able to live, work, and play in Southwest Virginia. And uh, if you want to work in your house, that's wonderful, but you got to have broadband. So you can see we talked about the steam building and you can see what it looked like in its heyday, what it looks like today. And the third screen uh, or the third share here is uh, what Virginia Tech students designed it to look like. Um, we wanted virtual training and that's what it's all about. It's just kind of one big room, but um, 
it, it kind of works for training and workforce training and virtual training by movable walls. So the students really did a great job in thinking this out. Um, Appalachian Regional Commission has been reached out to. They are liking the idea. Department of Housing and Community Development, they are liking the idea. Uh, Department of Mines, Minerals and Energy, the AML pilot grant, uh, we're in for that. So if you can see the plant back there on the wall, one of the students came up with that idea. There's a light bulb with a plant growing up in it. So it's a novel idea. It's a light bulb moment, but it's also green. And we're looking at doing more infrastructure this way. So very proud of that. When you look down on this, you're gonna see what used to be the former Artie Lee um, school site. It's owned by the County of Russell. Uh, it was a big liability for us as a county, and um, we just uh, worked with Virginia Brownsfield, got a $215,000 Brownsfield grant, completely removed the school, and um, took, a, took it to a site. It was uh, remediated properly. Um, Virginia Tech moved in and, and gave us an idea about a campground. Conversations as of today, um, I have enough money to work on the campground. I have I just received $55,000 to put water and sewer there. There is sewer down the road, but not to each campsite because no one can see this coming. So I have money to do that. And I just received money from the Gen Ann Foundation. It's a, a private foundation in Virginia and uh, just received enough money to do electric and uh, uh, a campground there. Oh gosh, my phone is ringing. Hang on just a second, I apologize. This is some of the um, AML features that will be worked on through this pilot program. Um, these are really old sites and um, they, just up in our mountainsides, people would just go in and do small mining, not overly large mining. So these are mine sites of probably 19, 20, 30, 40, somewhere around in there. Um, the community came together and, and said that they wanted to do something to get started. Um, and they put a playground in the middle of what we call the downtown area, which had the company store and where the depot is and all that's gone except the depot. So the, so the trick here is, to put a nonprofit together with um, a community or, or ride with another nonprofit, but bring your community together. Capacity building has been one of my key issues that I have, I've had a lot of trouble with. Um, so getting that understanding in that community of its layering of dollars, its time, its laborious, um, but the end result is so beautiful and the partners that you build along the way is absolutely fun. I wake up every morning going, this is going to be a great day because all of my partners are working. We're all working together. And as you can see at the bottom, the volunteer hours is just outstanding. And so we track our volunteer hours, just like a Virginia Main Street does. We are a Virginia Main Street affiliate. Uh, we get money and uh, technical assistance that way. Uh, our partners, again, are Appalachian Voices and, and DMME. So we're, we're, we're very proud to be a part of this and to showcase um, our community of Little Dank, Virginia. That was Lou Wallace talking about AML-supported community development efforts in Russell County, Virginia. The legislation introduced by Representative Cartwright would invest in cleaning up abandoned mine lands, creating jobs restoring damaged lands and waters, and transforming them into economic hubs. If you would like to learn more about this legislation and the effort to pass it, go to reclaimact.com. Thank you for listening to this edition of Making Connections News. All our stories about opportunities and challenges for diversifying Appalachia's economy and renewing our communities are available on our website, makingconnectionsnews.org, or wherever you find your podcasts. I'm your host, Mimi Pickering, from WMMT Mountain Community Radio.